welcome to the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, the ultimate resource for business success and growth. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and I'm thrilled to be joining you on this exciting journey. Currently, I hold the position of VP and GM of NWS Canada. Additionally, I take pride in being the author of the critically acclaimed book, Never Sit in the Lobby. Throughout this podcast, my mission is crystal clear, to equip you with the strategies and insights you need to not only establish a strong presence in front of your clients, but also to take meaningful action and maintain that position. After all, being a pleasure to do business with is the key to fostering lasting connections in the corporate world. Together, we'll explore the art of not just building a successful and profitable company, but also cultivating a high-performing team that's capable of achieving remarkable results. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or anyone looking to excel in the world of commerce, this podcast is tailored to help you thrive. If you're eager to be part of the conversation, I encourage you to visit my website, navigate to the podcast section where you can sign up and stay updated and participate in the show. Our episodes typically run for a duration of 30 to 40 minutes, ensuring you get a compact yet insightful dose of valuable information. So get ready to unleash your profit powerhouse potential. Join me on this podcast as we delve into the strategies, stories, and secrets that will drive your success. Remember, your journey to becoming an influential person and prosperous business leader starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another enlightening episode of the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, where we unlock the secrets to financial success and wealth-building strategies that can transform your life. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here today. But before we dive into today's wealth-building conversation, allow me to introduce you to an extraordinary individual who has made mastering money for life's work. Meet Christina Wise, a self-made, financially independent entrepreneur living the good life in the picturesque Park City, Utah. Christina is an international speaker, a dynamic podcast host, and the author of the bestseller, Falling for Money. With an unquenchable enthusiasm for all things financial and a burning passion for helping people build wealth, Christina Wise and her Wise Money Method are poised to revolutionize the way you spend, invest, and ultimately build wealth. Prepare yourselves for an incredible journey into the world of wealth building and financial mastery as we dive into today's conversation with the phenomenal Christine Wise. Christina, welcome to the show. Hey, so glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, awesome. So um, we'll start it the way we usually start it. Why don't you give us a little background and uh, how you got to where you are, where you started, and maybe a little few of the, the highlights along the way. Yeah, you know, as, as all of us, when we reach a certain stage and age in life, the story's really long. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> you know, know. so I, like, I start. What do I say? But yeah. I mean, ultimately, uh, most of my career and background was in real estate, real estate sales, real estate brokerage, led to real estate investing, and my whole life was real estate. I had a really um, big national footprint and identity in the real estate vertical and real estate space, kind of a household name. So I I worked hard to, to reach that level of the industry, speaking on the biggest stages, doing um, advising some of the biggest, most prominent companies, that type of thing. And that's what I did publicly. So publicly in my industry, I had a big public persona, a lot of fame attached to that. A lot of, um, so what happens, the reason why I tell this story is that how it relates to money is when, like, 
money with the way we interpret money for when it comes to success is we automatically assume that somebody that appears to be doing really great business is making a lot of money. Right. And so <laughs> it's just that assumption that goes hand in hand. Yeah. And with that, personally, most of us, we believe this myth that the answer to most of my money problems, if not all of them, is to make more money. So especially as entrepreneurs, there's this always, there's this built-in subconscious narrative that we hold that I'm not making enough money. So I need to work harder and build a big, bigger business to have more money. And how is how that's validated is that when I see all these successful people that are really leading, it appears they're making a lot of money based on how successful they are in business. So you can see how these two really feed in. But what was happening, what happened there is yes, my business was growing, scaling, you know, seven figures, doing really well. And then I got really sick. And when I got sick, because I was just focused on my business and the business money, when I got sick, even though I had 50 employees and I had, you know, I thought I had a great team and great leadership, the day that I went, got sick and I was out, completely taken out for almost two years, what happened to my business? Must have gone down. <laughs> my, when I went out, my business went down with it. Yeah. And what was so surprising, Glenn, is how fast it happened. Yeah. And so it became this lesson. One, I traded my health for kind of success and that level of wealth, if you will. And then I had to use all my money to get my health back. But the big takeaway to that journey is, I mean, I would have been like the Gary V poster child where you just put it all out there, read every book, do everything. You're, you hustle, you grind, you do the work and you become successful. I could have won. I would have been that poster child. But what, what's not told is that the money in your business isn't wealth. Meaning if you leave the business before you're bought out or something, like my case, you're very likely to lose all your money. So that became this aha moment. Now, privately, what was interesting about that is I thought I was healthy. I mean, I ran marathons. I did all the things. I just, I pushed too hard, which was part of my downfall in all categories. But I thought I was healthy. What I why I say that is because, you know, I was in my early 40s and and I thought I was really healthy. Like I said, my business, I thought lots and lots of years left, let's put it that way. Then all of a sudden I'm taken out and I'm not prepared for it. And had all of my eggs been in my business basket, I probably wouldn't be here today. Because privately, what the public didn't see is I was a I was a real estate investor. So I was building my net worth and my wealth alongside of building my business success. And so what ultimately saved my life and kept paying the bills while I was sick wasn't my business. Wasn't the seven figure success story that I was. It wasn't the fame. It wasn't it wasn't all the things that we worked so hard for in business. It was the fact that I had these assets, private assets on the side that paid me a little passive income and had some worth and I could sell those to to do all these life-saving things that were available only because there was money there. Right. So that's, that's part of the story is just, so now what I teach, it just, it got me, um, you know, passionate about teaching that for, for everyone, but especially entrepreneurs, when we're only focused on making more money and growing our business at the cost of our health and the cost of our wealth, 
many times what we find is just we're in the grind and and there's all these financial principles and laws and mechanics of personal finance that we need to learn if we ever want to have a day where we live off passive asset income and we don't have to hustle in our business. So that's what I do today. I wow. teach entrepreneurs how to master so, their money to get out of the grind. So that's amazing. And uh, that's quite, quite a story. And I can really resonate when you're saying, you know, as you get a little bit older, your story gets a little bit longer. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> and, uh, I actually was just thinking that earlier today and um, you just skip over the earlier parts. Right. And um but um, so I guess I guess getting ill and coming out of that was probably the pivotal moment that made where you made ma mastering the money and building this maybe an educational sort of uh, business. Is that really the pivotal moment where you changed direction? And 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 what does the business look like now? What is it? Is it a consultancy or um, how is it structured? And coming out of the uh, all that, how did you restructure your 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 nine your your nine to five or your business that you run today? Yeah, so it was a it was a direct pivot. Now there was a there was this period of time in between. So again, in the real estate industry, that's all I knew. It'd been my entire life, my entire career. I just evolved it and grew it over time. And then when I got sick, that business, like I said, started to disintegrate. But I had I had different things going on. Right. But when I came out of that experience, I I ended up writing this book called called Falling for Money and wanted and just because there's all these financial there's life lessons when i was kind of on my deathbed so to speak but there are these financial lessons as well and i just became like i said very passionate about wanting to teach this so what happened when i had my real estate company is that one of the divisions of the company was real estate brokerage so i had many agents that worked for me in the brokerage and what was interesting to me is that they had to have these great sales months is being 100% commission. But they two weeks later, they'd be asking me for advances on their next commissions. And they were always chasing the money and they could never get ahead. And so I would do these private workshops for them to try to teach them what I really teach now to independent contractors, self-employed, and those that are kind of variable income entrepreneurial types. But I would start teaching them like these, these money principles and different things to do. And it started to change my entire business. Like they actually started to be happier when they weren't chasing the money all the time and understood these. So it became a big culture, a big part of the culture of the entire company, but it was, it was very internal. So again, coming out of this, I thought, you know, I want to do the same thing. I want to educate entrepreneurs how to manage their money to create wealth. So today what we do is we um, have a money school where we teach entrepreneurs through 12-week cohorts how to money mindset and really the practical principles and, and strategies for how to convert your business income into net worth and real passive income and wealth. So that's what okay. we do today. And, and okay. yeah, it's... Nice. Um, money. The, the title falling for money can you just like what's the genesis of that title and uh like what it must have a, a, me, a meaning right so i'm just curious what you mean by falling for money uh, tripping yeah. over it or i'm it's sure that's it. yeah it's funny glenn when you know when i was uh, i don't have you you've written a book you know yes how i did yeah, yeah. with the name and, yeah. and the thing so you know uh when i wrote the book and and working with my team you know trying to come up with ten thousand ideas yes. for for a, a name and i kept landing back to i mean i was going somewhere like the love of money and these different yeah. things 
no way. You can never say love of money. You'll get cremated out there. Yeah. And but you know, I kept going back uh, there because the first piece of money is there's the practical pieces like how we behave with it and what we do and how well we manage it is directly tied to how much wealth we we can grow over time. But what precedes that or what works in conjunction with that is our relationship with money. And so that's the purpose of the name of the book is is we <clears throat> my kind of underlying theme is to fall for money in a way where we want to we want to spend time with it. We want to enjoy it. We want to understand it. We don't want to procrastinate it, abdicate it, ignore it. And so that's that was the theme. It's like if we fall for money and kind of this this uh, fun love affair with it, we can approach it even with some flirtation and then a little bit more of a relationship. But if we can really fall for it versus avoiding it, that's really the first step is how we start to change our financial situation. So that's right. why. Okay, good. And when, uh, so does the book touch on, um, you know, people, I, I, it sounds like, you know, you're teaching people how to broaden their, their sources of money and passive income and things like that. But it also, does it, does the book uh, highlight and touch on people's sort of emotional relationship with money and maybe, you know, that money does or doesn't make you happy or, I mean, how much time do you spend on that in the book? I'm just curious about that. Yeah, I mean, I do spend time, that that theme is woven into the entire book, but it's not the, it's not the book itself. The book right. is really oriented around these four principles and it's these four principles of money that, that if we learn them, most, most of us are financially illiterate. And that is proven by the fact that over 80% of our you know western culture is month to month and has less than like 3 to 6 months of savings in the bank and and really don't have net worth so we regardless of how much money we make so the statistics prove that as hard as we work no matter we're great people we're busting butt to try to build our businesses and doing the different things we still don't understand money because again the statistics tell us that so the these principles of money, these four principles, they're not taught in school, but I believe if they were, we'd have far few financial problems. And money is a stressor. It keeps people up at night. It's the number one reason for divorce. I hear stories all the time, just people are in really bad financial shape. And then they're even trying to work hard, harder and hustle more, which isn't one of the principles. So that's what the book is about. And I'll go over just very quickly or a couple yeah. of them. Yeah, but the first principle is you have to know your numbers. And that means you really have to understand, and this is personal, this is money as it affects our personal life. I mean, it, the, the rules apply the same to business, but I'm talking about life in general in our personal life. But it means in business, we have to know our numbers, but we need to know our numbers the same in personal life. And it starts with this question of asking ourselves, how much money is enough? And, you know, with we don't have time to go into detail, but I go into all this detail. Like when you just ask the question, how much money is enough? Most people don't know the answer, but when you try to answer it, you realize there's a lot of sub questions you need to ask to try right. to get the answer. So that's the first thing is we okay. need to know how much money is enough and reverse engineer and start knowing these personal numbers and goals and financial targets that are relevant to us living a good quality, happy, healthy life. And there's a number that we can quantify that. The second one is that we have to create a surplus. And that means we can't spend everything we make, but 
Parkinson's law of money takes effect that says expenses will always rise to match income, which means no matter how much money we make, there's this expense creep, lifestyle creep, and then every dollar of the money we make has been eaten up by the mortgage and the car payments and the vacations and the credit cards and all the things. And whether we make 50, 100, 150, it all gets eaten up. So we don't create a surplus. And a surplus is how you build wealth, meaning it's the difference between what we make and what we spend. That money that we call profit in business, and I call it profit in first in household also, it's that money, like you, you, know, you say profit powerhouse, you're right. The profit is the powerhouse, but most people don't have a profit and a profit in their business, if any, and they certainly don't have profit in their household. So there's no powerhouse. Right. <laughs> like yeah. So it's that's break the even. <laughs> They're running break even. <laughs> the break even lifestyle is what keeps yeah. that's called month to month, and it's very stressful. Right. It is. Yeah. And it, it would be less forever. The, yeah. the third one is that your money has to be managed. Meaning you really do, this is the relationship piece, is that the relationship piece fits in that you have to want to manage your money. You have to want to look at it. You have to want to track it. You have to want to count it. And you have to have systems for doing so. So I teach like use QuickBooks online or do these things, but to really manage your money, to be able to see how much money does go, to, go towards groceries, how much does go towards gas, how much does go towards subscriptions, how much does go towards eating out. And when we can look at our money in these categories, all of a sudden we can start noticing like, holy cow, I had no idea I was spending that much money in that thing because we're not tracking it. If we don't track it, we can't change behavior. We can't make a diagnostic of why our money is not working the way we want it to work. And then, you know, the surplus goes, we have to create those surpluses. That means money in a savings account for rainy days and money these other, these other pockets of money that we have to have set aside, that's all a result of the surplus. Then the final one is that we have to take advantage of compound interest, yeah. meaning you can't earn your way to wealth. You can't save your way to wealth. You have to invest your way to wealth. And so you have to ha know, again, all these four principles tie together. You have to know how much money is enough. So you have to know how much you have to invest on an annual basis to hit your Right. future self retirement number you have to know how much it costs to live your good life so that you know how much money you need to make and if you're making enough to be able to hit all these targets but then you really have to put money into a compounding calculator and start thinking of hey how much money do i have to invest on an annual basis and where do i invest it how do i manage those investments to make sure i'm going to hit my numbers and is to understand that just throwing money in a 401k or doing these very passive things very likely is not going to turn out to be the number or the amount that we need to one day become financially free or retire on. So these are the four principles. You know, the fourth one is you have to put your money to work and not just work for your money. But that's what the book is about. It's talking about these four principles and how they apply to real life. And then and really concluding that, you know, our relationship with money and all these other elements is a factor. But ultimately, what we do with our money is going to be the deciding factor how we feel about it or not is kind of irrelevant. So, um, and then that, it just really ends with the, you know, the challenge really, or the, the invitation, maybe it's a better word to get to know your money. Get familiar with, yeah. And be comfortable with the numbers and talking to your banker and your investment counselor and all that. And yeah. One thing I had learned a, a little while ago about the compound effect and what have you was the impact of that we don't often think about our um, 
not not always hidden, but fees on your account and how much your, the compounding effect is is um, is is lessened by fees and in investing in funds that have a lot of extra charges, and also the effect of uh, even taking small amounts of money out of the out of the compound stack. And I've seen some graphs over like a 20 year period where, you know, two people put in the same money, but one guy took 20 K out twice for uh, trips or something. And the difference in at the end of the 20 years for just those two little, that $40,000 withdrawal over 20 years and the difference it made. And uh, I was just fascinated with the, with the math of it all. But of course I was kind of a little bit too old for that, which they had told me when I was 20, not when I was 50, but, uh, but nonetheless, um, yeah, I, I really agree with you about knowing the money and knowing and understanding compound interests and stuff like that. It's it's fascinating and it's it's so powerful too, right? So well, yeah, it's just it's to your point, you make such a great point, is because we don't understand it and we don't know the power of it. People, we don't start young enough, but we really don't understand it enough to right. have a, a desire to want to take advantage of this thing called compound interest. Because when you understand it, it's like holy cow, I absolutely positively am going to take advantage of this because yeah. money's going to work 3X is, is going to produce 3X the returns that I can probably do, you know, exactly. produce, you know, my best, my best work. So it's understanding that, but it's also to your point when we don't understand it, that's understanding on the positive sense to take advantage of it. But most of the ignorance to your point, it means, oh, I'm just putting money in 401k without knowing the fees attached to that. And even ever inquiring, just think it's going to be enough for retirement one day. But if you understand compounding and that that one to 3%, how much it compounds over 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and how that goes into somebody else's pocket, and not yours, it's, it's you mind know, boggling. seven figures <laughs> mind boggling that yeah. you think, oh, it's just 1%. It's like, no, do the math compounding. And that 1% yeah. adds up to many zeros. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, so obviously from your history, real estate's an important and uh, part of your expertise. And what sort of advice would you have on someone looking to even enter the real estate investment market at this point or what, what you know, how your sentiment is for that being part of your portfolio of managing your money and, and, and making it grow? I mean, how um, clearly it's a challenging market right now, especially in Canada, but uh but I'm just curious on your your thoughts and comments on real estate. Yeah. So, you know, I, I teach how to manage your money so that we have enough money to invest. I don't specifically teach investing, but I am a real estate investor. So I always have a, a question, an answer to that. And I mean, I've invested in real estate my entire career. I've been through three total corrections. And there's a few different principles. But number one is that the way I teach it is you always make money on the buy. So when what happens is we get caught up in market, like, oh, I need to buy because all prices are go up or don't buy now because prices are going down. But it, whether they're going up or down, when you're making money on the buy, you're looking at the numbers with the strategy to determine the market has some to do with it, but not as much as we think. So for example, I just bought a, a home in Park City, Utah, and people would say, oh, it's a terrible time to buy and all these things, but I made money on the buy and I had a whole strategy for doing so. So, and I'm looking for other buys, but it's when the market is actually um, down is when the biggest opportunities exist. And so right now it can be a really good opportunity to buy and invest. Why? As investors, prices are really coming down. Number one, people will say, but, oh, but my gosh, interest rates are really high. 
But there are a lot of desperate sellers right now who are in maybe mortgages that were 3% or something, and they will seller finance. And so there's so many opportunities where you can maybe get take advantage of a 3 or 4% interest rate today by putting some money down and just taking over their payments if they're trying to get out from underneath it. So right now is a great time of opportunity. And it's just understanding like, oh, as an opportunist and knowing my numbers and buying, you know, following these principles, you're just always an investor, <laughs> meaning there's not, there's not a market that you're not investing or investing. You're just deciding, do these numbers work? But right now is a more exciting time than it was two years ago because there's a lot more opportunity to make money on the buy than there was when prices are just escalating and sellers basically hold all the cards. Yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. And that, I mean, I've heard that that you make the money on the buy. I mean, can you actually just decode that for the people that are listening and whatever, they may not be a real estate investor. And I mean, like it's sort of, it appears, seems almost self-evident and it's like, well, that's common sense or whatever, but what do you literally mean by make the money on the buy? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. So there's a specific deal that I just did and closed on about four weeks ago is the house was on the market for about six months and it was on the market in my opinion in a, in a I mean the market's changed so everything's sitting on the market longer but it sat on the market because it was outdated it was furnished terribly the pictures on the MLS and Zillow and Redfin were horrible and so when when you looked at the property, unless you had a big imagination, it was very difficult to see that this property had a lot of potential, like a diamond in the rough. But as a trained eye, when I saw the property, I'm like, oh my gosh, you put $50,000, 50 to $75,000 in this. I could probably turn around. I mean, I'm, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but I'm pretty convinced I could turn around and make 150 on it. Okay. By 75 in it, I have to get the furniture out. I have to get it, I have to do these different things. And then I'm also looking at what's any property, what makes it unique or scarce. So this particular property is that it backs to a creek and backing to a creek in Park City close to town is a very unique quality. So it always makes it uniquely sellable because there it has this thing about it that makes it more um, attractive. So there's these little nuances. So it's things like that, making money on the buy that, okay, once I do this, if I, I'm I'm a long-term holder, I'm making money for cash flow in many cases, but is a, it, a pretty safe bet that if I'm correct, there's six figures built in Got just it. by doing the work. Right. The seller didn't do and nobody else could see it. So I guess the other way of looking at it as well would be some people that are excited about getting into real estate investing, but the, they kind of like maybe clamoring to get a property and overpaying for it. That's a sort of a key mistake that they're making, right? They need to be, they need to be know their numbers going in and not overpay for the properties, not be, not be fighting, you know, on offer nights and things like that, but getting off market listings, wholesale listings and pocket listings, I guess, and things like that. Right. And uh, absolutely. And you're yeah. kind of watching the market. So what people do as amateurs is, they just get caught up and everybody says to invest, or I took an investing course, or they say, hey, to make passive income, you need to buy real estate. So it just goes in and that emotion and may and that without the knowledge, but investing is always about the numbers. 
So whether you're investing in a business, you know, if you have a hundred grand and you want to invest it somewhere, you can invest in a business, buy a business or invest in a business, but you have to know all the numbers for the business. You have to know the questions to ask. You need to think of the returns, how soon are you going to get your money back? But it's all about the numbers. You don't get emotional about it. The day you get emotional about it means you're probably making a bad decision yeah. or leaving too much money on the table one way or another. Right. So that's right. just it. But, but okay. to answer your question, really underneath that, it's just, we have to develop an investor mindset, an investor mindset. That means I'm an investor and we don't have to be wall street investors. You don't have to really invest in real estate if that's not your jam. But when we know that we get wealthy and build net worth and become a bona fide net worth millionaire, based on our asset value. So in the only way to do that is we can wait 40 years and put it in an index fund or give it to the manager so they can take their 3% and rob us right. of our money. But if we're not going to do that, it's just knowing like I'm responsible for creating my future self and that trust fund of money that's going to make me financially free is going to enable me to retire or it's going to um, be enough money I can I can live off of. Right. So, and it's taking ownership of like, like I'm going to create, I know how much money is enough. I know how much, you know, how much money net worth I need to need to build to. I know how much money I need to invest on an annual basis. I know what type of returns I need to get to be able to produce that number in that period of time. And there's just basic, very basic fill in the blank numbers that help us determine these. And then we stay committed to it. That come hell or high water, I'm going to make sure I'm so attached to my future freedom number that I'm so attached to that number, I'm going to commit that no matter what, I'm going to take create that surplus of twenty thousand a year, fifty a year, whatever your number is. Right. Let's say it's twenty four thousand dollars a year. That twenty four thousand that comes off first because that's the money that's going to compound because I want that money to keep growing, right. and then I'm going to live off what's left over versus the flip flop. So it starts with that commitment to our future self. And that's, again, that's kind of this love of our future self and the love of the money that allows us to live the lifestyle right. that we live. And we're falling for money. Falling for money. <laughs> um, so what does it look like working? Like, so this is my sort of my last question as we sort of tail down. is like, what is working with, I believe your firm is wealthy, wealthy, right? W -E, wealthy and then W-E-L-L, -L, wealthy, right? And that's just a really cool name. But I mean, what is working with you look like in taking your, um, you know, your educational program? Is it a course? Is it a one-on-one -on -one mentorship? Or what, what can people expect if they're engaged with your firm? Yeah. So just for everybody listening to like these, how much money is enough? I'll, if you'd like, I'll give a worksheet to everybody listening that is a step-by-step guide that helps you fill in these oh, how much cool. enough numbers that's what i say it's a great place to get started because it's going to cause you to start thinking a certain way that's like oh i never thought it this way about my money and it's gonna you're gonna have to go out and find numbers and even you know maybe you'll open up the calculator on your iphone that's never been opened up before <laughs> and start, just you know start plugging in a few numbers okay. so um that's a good place to start. And Great. after that, if there becomes this place where it's, you know, I really want to learn money and master it and get out of this month to month and get out of this financial stress. And I think there's something to learn here and do here. Then I have a what I call the money school. And it's a, we do cohorts. So right now where I have all the students are going through this cohort, going through this class and it's 12 weeks where I take them through all the fundamentals of money and they build their 
they get to know their numbers, they build their financial plan, they create their financial strategy, they get their investments set up and, and they get their chart of accounts and all the things in QuickBooks so they can really masterfully manage their money. So that's what we do. We hold two of those um, a year for personal finance and two per year for business finance. Nice. But otherwise, a good place to start is just get to know your numbers and start applying these four principles. Awesome. Great. And um, if uh, people want to get a hold of you and uh, learn about jo maybe join one of the cohorts and um, get involved, I mean, how, how do we get a hold of you? So I just say the, like I said, the first starting place is go to wisemoneymethod.com. Okay. Wise Money Method. Wise is my last name. So wisemoneymethod.com slash quiz. And that quiz, well, it's just a little 10 question quiz just to give you a quick little test to see how well you know your numbers off the cuff. And so it's super fun. It's You can do it in three minutes flat. But then once you take the quiz, it'll give you the answer so that you can, like I said, have fun testing yourself. But attached to that's this workbook. So we'll send you this workbook that really the guide. And it's a 10-page workbook. I mean, it is a guide. It's not just some you know fluffy thing that you know, as a PDF or something, it's an actual workbook that I use with my students inside my programs. So that's a place to start from there. It's easy to find me. You'll get all sorts of, you know, um, places to follow and do this and do that. If you, if you're more interested. I'd say you're kind of lucky that when you're teaching money and your last name is wise, right? I guess you could be teaching anything wise money, wise construction, wise real estate. I mean, it's uh, serendipitous, right? And it really uh, is, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> could, we could not play with that one. That was, it's just too easy. <laughs> it just works, right? So, okay. Well, I want to thank you for uh, taking part in the Profit Powerhouse podcast and for being a guest. And uh, I hope everyone will reach out to you. I'm definitely going to check out the quiz too myself and curious how I how I fare. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was My pleasure. I had so much fun. Thank you. Thank Ken. you. Me too. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of the Profit Powerhouse Podcast. Your support and engagement means the world to us. If you're brimming with expertise and eager to join us, navigate to my website at glenpoolis.com forward slash podcast and go to the Be A Guest section to connect with us. Don't keep this information to yourself. Please share this podcast on your favorite social media platforms to empower your network with the strategies and wisdom you've gained. Your feedback fuels our growth. Please take a moment to rate and review the Profit Powerhouse podcast wherever you listen. Your input helps us to continually refine our content to serve you better. Remember, our mission is your success. We've committed to providing you with the tools and insights to drive your business forward, and we're excited to have you on this journey with us. To stay up to date on the latest episodes, hit the subscribe button and let's stay connected. Reach out to me on social media and continue the conversation and stay inspired. For resources and information, visit my website at glenpoolis.com. And before we sign off, remember, I'm Glenn Poulos and reminding you that your potential as a business leader is limitless. Thank you for being a part of this podcast where your success story begins.